get asked a question and you just don't know the answer? How many of you ever asked a question you don't know the answer? Um, we were in Mardell's the other day and uh, Abigail came up to me and goes, Daddy, what's that water they're selling? They got some water that they're selling. The holy water. You know, you can go there and buy it. I'm just going to tell you here, if you've never been to Mardell, you don't have to go to Mardell's to buy holy water. I'll sell you this. All right, and I'll give you a discount. $87, you can have this water. Now, one amen, huh? Now, you don't like that, huh? You know, there's some questions that put you a little bit uncomfortable. How much do you weigh? Some people, they get a little nervous. About it. How about this one? How old are you? How many of you like that, huh? I love telling the kids I'm turning 16 for the third time this year. Praise the Lord. Right? 16 for the third time. And then they do the math and they're like, wow, you're, uh, you're up there, aren't you? Right? Because the math is not, not the best here. Some questions make you think. You ever thought about this question? What are going to be your last words before you leave this earth? You ever thought that through? What do you want them to be? Your last words before you leave this earth? I know mine. Can you pass me another piece of that pizza? <laughs> I want to go out with a nice piece of pizza in my throat, amen? And end up in heaven and that would be a beautiful way, but we don't know. And then there's these spiritual questions that people like to ask you. Like, do you believe in the afterlife? Or what happens when we die? And I want to point your attention here real quick. We're not going to spend much time here, but we're going to look at Matthew chapter 16. And I want to show you how the Lord Jesus, he starts to talk to his disciples and he asks them a question. And I want you to get this question here in Matthew 16, verse 13. It says this here. It says, and, and he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is what what a wonderful question that is i mean who do people say that jesus is i mean if we were to take a poll here even in this own church here or if we were to go outside in the streets and ask different people so who is this jesus who who is this son of man who who is this one that that called himself jesus here's what a buddhist would tell you jesus is a a good teacher but he's not more important than Buddha. In fact, they deny the existence of a personal God. Or they say, if there is a God, it's irrelevant. We have Buddha. We don't, we don't do that. You go to a Hindu and you say, so who is this Jesus? The Hindu will tell you this. He's just one of many incarnations. In fact, they don't believe in a personal and loving God. You go to a Jehovah Witness, he'll say, well, yeah, Jesus is, is, is Michael the Archangel. And and uh, he, he is a God, but Jehovah is God, and, and Jesus is a, a lesser God. You go to a Mormon, say, who is this Jesus? A Mormon will tell you this, Jesus is the half-brother of Lucifer. That, as they, and I'm quoting their theology, as man is, God once was. And as God is, man may be. In other words, Jesus became a God. And you can become a God too, they tell you. Go to a Muslim and ask them who Jesus is. Here's what they'll tell you. Jesus is only a man who did not come to die for your sins, who is less than Muhammad the prophet. In fact, there is one God, and his name is Allah. 
You go to the New Agers. You know what they'll tell you? Man, thanks for the question, dude. Yeah, it, I didn't like that one, man. Far out, man. Hey, that's a question, dude. I tell you who God is. God's in us, man. We're all God. Every one of us is God. I mean, this is just a wonderful. Jesus is just one of those spiritual teachers, many of, of many, man. You're an incredible dude. It's far out. Love that question, man. Got any more for me, man? <laughs> Who is this guy? Who is this Jesus? He looks at his disciples. He says, Who do people say that I am? And, 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 and notice this here in verse 14. It says this. They start throwing out names. Look at these names that they start to throw out. I mean, these are people who have watched Jesus do miracles and are, are watching his and listening to his teaching. And look at the, the names of the people in Jesus' day that they throw out. They say, Well, some are saying you're John the Baptist. That was Herod's fear. Uh, fear. He, he was worried about that after he killed John, that John would, would rise again. And so he was worried that Jesus was the reincarnation of John the Baptist. Well, no, that's not who he is. And then how about Elijah? They, they studied Elijah in the Bible. And the Bible says in Malachi that Elijah needs to come before the Messiah. And so some people threw out Elijah. Some people threw out, I like this name, Jeremiah. Amen. I like that one. Maybe he's Jeremiah the prophet. And why would they, why would they call him that? Because Jeremiah would cry when he preached and he, he looked at the state of Israel and he said, wow, you're so sad. You need God. You need to turn back to God. And that's what Jesus did. So maybe he's Jeremiah. You know, some people didn't even know what to say. Maybe he's just one of the prophets. Somebody out there, a spokesman for God. That's who he is. And, and I'm here to tell you one thing that's clear. We're not going to find out who Jesus is by taking a poll. We're not going to go around and take an opinion poll and say, so, so Jesus, who is this Jesus? Because if we did that, we hear all these different things. And that's really not important. Really the most important thing, and here's the question. Look at verse 15 as we get to verse 15. Here's what he says here. He looks at him and he says this. Who do you say that I am? You see, I don't want to know what your parents think. I don't want to know what you grew up believing. I don't want to know what a pastor says to you. I don't want to know with some spiritual. I want to know what you think. He says, what do you, who do you say that I am? What a, what a question. This is a personal question that will penetrate our hearts. In fact, let me just say this. How we answer that question will determine not only our life on this earth, but where we go after we die. What is our response to this question? Who do you say that I am? It's amazing. And he says, who do the people say that I am? And it's about John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then he looks at him and says, whoa, 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 whoa. who do you say that I am? I want this to be personal. Who do you really believe that I am? And watch what Peter says here. I love this. Ten words, ten penetrating words here. He says this here. He says to him, you are the what? The Christ. Don't miss this. You are the anointed one. Back then they would... They would anoint kings and rulers and, and God would have a special task for them. 
And here's what he's saying to him. Jesus, you are the one that, that God has given a special task to come onto this earth, to take David's throne and to reign. He missed the part that later on in Matthew, Jesus corrects and says, wait a minute, not only that, but I am the one who came and will suffer for your sins, will die and rise again. I am the one who will be your savior. He goes, you are the Christ. You are the anointed one. But then he says this, you are the son of the living God. Now, wait a minute there. It's one thing to call Jesus the anointed one, the one that's going to come and reign on this earth. It's another thing to call him the son of God, because when you call someone the son of God, and even a Jewish person would tell you this, to call someone the son of God is to make him equal with God. He says, you are God. Wow. That everything God is, you are. You are equal in nature, equal in status, equal in honor. You are God. You are not only the Messiah, but you are God. And notice this when he says, you are the son of what God? The living God. Because back then they would have all these idols and different things that they would serve. Let me just tell you something. I don't want to offend many people here, but I want to tell you this. Buddha is dead. Mohammed is dead. Those, Joseph Smith is dead. Those people have come again. They're dead. Jesus is alive. Amen. He is the real God. He is the living God, the one, the only one that can give life. He says, you have a unique relationship with the Father because you are God. You are not only the Messiah, but you are God. Wow, what a, what an unbelievable thing. Look, what, look at Jesus' response to him. This is amazing here. He says this. He says in verse 17, blessed are you. You know what he's saying there? He's saying you are spiritually blessed, Peter. You, you, you have a blessing that, that some people just never receive. Because they just don't see it. They, they don't get it. They, they, they hear about Jesus, they, they, you know, they hear the words about, but they really just don't get it. They say, oh yeah, he's a good teacher, he's some kind of historical figure. You know that 85% of Americans say Jesus is a historical figure, but they just don't get it. He says, blessed are you, because you get it. And here's how you got it, Peter, watch this here. Blessed are you. Simon, Peter, Barjona, son of John. Here's, here's how you get it. Because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. He says, Peter, you didn't get this because you're a smart guy or you're an intelligent guy or that you grew up around me or you know things about. You didn't get it because of that stuff. You didn't get this because mommy and daddy told you. You didn't get this because something inside of you told you this is true. You got this because of what does the Bible say here? Because my father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. Do you understand here today? Do you understand who the real Jesus is? It is only by the grace of God. That God would bring somebody into your life to share with you who the real Jesus is. 
to explain to you. And then all of a sudden, by God's grace, you understand, yeah, he is the Messiah. He is the chosen one. He is God. He is my savior. He is the one who came to die for my sins, was buried and rose again. He is the one who is fully man and fully God. He is the God of the universe and he is my savior. That is only by the grace of God. But I'm here to tell you something. If you haven't come to that decision, now's the time. Because it's only by the grace of God that you're hearing this. It's only by the grace of God that somebody would come into your life and share that with you. I grew up in New York City. I went down to Alabama, Alabama. I mean, Alabama, there are more cows than people. Alabama. <laughs> I hope nobody's from Alabama here. Oh, no, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> I went from 9 million people to a town of 2,000 people and probably 18,000 cows. And I heard the gospel for the first time. By the grace of God. It is by the grace of God that you hear these things about Jesus. Don't harden your heart. Study him out. Who was he? Was he a liar? Did he lie about who he was? Was he a lunatic? Is he just some legend? How is it that we go to different countries and there's churches all over the place in these countries and he's down? The worship. Who, who, who is this Jesus? Examine him. Study it. Think about it. And then I'm here to tell you, accept it. Because the moment we accept him for who he is, he changes our lives. We say, wow, you are the chosen one. You are God. Come into my life and save me from my sins. And he will. Listen to this. This is amazing. Roger Simmons. He was an army guy carrying a heavy suitcase. He's tired and he's anxious to take off his army uniform once for all and, and flashing the hitchhiking sign on an oncoming car. The last hope he saw black new Cadillac. To his surprise, the car stopped. The passenger door opened and he ran towards the car, tossed his suitcase in the back and thanked the handsome, well-dressed man as he slid in the front seat. Going home for keeps? The guy asked, sure, sure am, Roger responded. Well, you're in luck going to Chicago. He goes, I'm not going that quite that far. He goes, do you live in Chicago? He goes, yep, I have a business there. He goes, my name is Hanover. So after talking about many things, Roger, being a Christian, wanted to witness to the guy. But he's all nervous. But he starts to do it. He clears his throat. He says, Mr. Hanover, I'd like to talk to you about something very important. And then he proceeded to explain the way of salvation and ultimately asking Mr. Hanover if he would like to receive Christ as his savior. To Roger's astonishment, Mr. Cadillac pulled over to the side of the road. Roger thought he was going to eject the guy, eject him from the car. But the businessman bowed his head and received Christ and thanked Roger. He said, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Five years went by. Roger married. He had a two-year-old boy, business of his own. He packed his suitcase to go to Chicago. And there he found his small white business card that Handover gave him. And so he went to find out where Handover is, and he walks into Handover's business, and Mrs. Handover is there. 
She goes a little confused as what was going on. And he gets into the office. She, she extended her hand. She says, you knew my husband? He goes, yeah, Roger. Yeah, Roger told, yeah, I knew husband. He took, picked me up. I was hitchhiking. He picked me up. He says, she says, can you tell me when that was? He said, yeah, it was five years ago today. She goes, anything special about that day? Roger hesitated. He didn't know if he should tell her that he told the husband about Jesus. So he does. And he said, you know what? Your husband gave his life to Christ that day. She goes, where is he? Can I talk to him? She started to cry. She said, you know, after he dropped you off, he got into a car accident and he died. And I've been praying for my husband and received Christ. And I never knew until today that he did. Thank you. God had a divine appointment at just the right time. My friends, God has a divine appointment in your life. You know who he is. Accept him while there's time. Believe that he came, loved you so much, left his glory, came onto this earth, lived a perfect life, and died in your place so that you could be saved. Who is this Jesus? He is God. And he loves you enough to die for you. And if you know that and have accepted that, blessed are you. Praise the Lord. Because that's that happens just because we can figure it out. That's something because God has put someone in our life. And praise the Lord, we were able to do it by his grace. And so we don't want anyone to not have a relationship with And that's why we teach and preach Christ here. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for revealing to us who Jesus really is. Your son, he's God. He's the Messiah. He's the one that was chosen to come here to die for our sins, buried and rose again. He's the one who is coming again to reign on this earth. But Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here who doesn't see the real Jesus, that today would be the day. They would say, I believe he is the Messiah. I believe he's the one who died for me, was buried and rose again. I believe he is God. And I ask him to come and save me. And it's amazing what God will do when you do that. Father, I thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity to exalt Jesus throughout this week. And Lord, I pray that he continues to be exalted in this church and around the world. We pray in his name and for his glory. Amen. Amen.